Just a quick editor's note before we get started, folks. We had an audio issue from a stupid cat that messed up Nassim's microphone, and that screwed up our whole recording. Thank goodness Squadcast has automated backups in the cloud. Thank you, Squadcast, for saving our butts. With that being said, our audio is not quite as pristine as we prefer, but we're real happy that we got the conversation. So without further ado, let's start the show. Good morning, good evening, and good night, my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I'm producer Dan, and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. She tells us stories, answers our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality. Send your questions, comments, voice memos, and especially your own terrible sex stories. This show's the best when you're involved. All our contact info is on the website at terriblesexwithnaseem.com. Hey, Naseem. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Great. Today was a great day. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Wonderful. What'd you get into today? Um, well, it started off kind of weird because, so let me back up a little bit. Yesterday, I had a doctor's appointment um, and I had to get a pH study. I don't know if you know what that is. I'm familiar with the pH. Yeah. So acid, um, basic, there needs to be homeostasis. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I have some gastrointestinal issues and, uh, namely GERD, uh, gastrointestinal, wait, gastroesophageal, uh, reflux reflux disease. Yeah. Yep. So, um, they put a probe up my nose and down my throat (laughs) that I had to wear for 24 hours. Oh, what a delight. What a delight. The true delight was when I went back today and got it removed. So that was the highlight. That's how we started. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, that does sound pretty nice to get that thing out of your face. Yeah, it was great. Um, of course, though, all night, no heartburn, no symptoms. An hour after I take the thing out, raging heartburn. <laughs> and it was there to detect what was going on with your heartburn, I assume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So all that trouble for pretty much nothing, uh, but we'll see. Um, and then I, you know, hung out with the neighbor all afternoon. We went on a impromptu adventure. I just wanted to see what they were up to. And the next thing you know, we're like driving all over Chicagoland, went out to dinner. It was like a great time. Nice. And I love a I good impromptu adventure. Yeah, it was fun. And now I'm here with you <coughs> recording about my terrible sex life. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'm excited to be here with you. Now, just to catch up on my life real quick, I'm sorry to say to you, to all the terrible listeners, our grumpy old bulldog dumpster has crossed the Rainbow Bridge. I'm so sorry to hear that, Dan. Thank you very much. It was a tough week last week. Uh, I think we're all feeling a little better around the house today. Um, And we, frankly, had about the best day ever with old dumpster the day before he passed did you have someone come to the house or did you have to take him in we did old dumpster ended up with uh uh a very um uh aggressive cancer of the arteries and he had some mm. leaking of blood around his heart and i forget what that's called it's in the big sack around the heart where it fills that- up with blood The pericardial space? Yes. Yes, exactly. And then uh, basically uh, 
it gives the effect of heart failure because mm-hmm. the heart can't can't work the way it's supposed to with all the pressure around the outside of it. Right. Um, so they were able to drain the fluid off the heart. He was able to uh, have another good few days after that, feeling good. Um, but we we talked to the emergency vet. We talked to our regular vet. We talked to a good friend of ours that was a vet, and they all uh, were of the same opinion that this was uh, this this was the end for old Dump. And we were able to be with him while he was comfortable. We were able to have a hell of a day. We got outside, went for walks, went to the park. He ate all the tall grass he could eat. <laughs> he at least had two hamburgers to himself. Um, that he didn't even have to fight for. Maybe we should have made him fight for it. He would have liked that. He had his own ice cream cone and he got a shit ton of cuddles. So it was, it was a good send off for old dump and, uh, we're sad to see him go, but, uh, we're happy. We didn't have to do it while he was in all kinds of pain. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's always a hard decision. Um, we had to unfortunately put our girl Brandy down a couple weeks ago yeah and that was really tough too because i wasn't there you know i had to i bet i had to give the okay over the phone with the vet and it was it was tough uh it was really really hard but you know it's i think a lot about like my own patients uh like human patients and i hate to see you know old grandmas dying of cancer and they just you know, they just sit there in the bed and there's nothing, you know, you just want them to, to go peacefully and, right. and not have to suffer. And it's like, you know, if I feel that way about my human patients that I barely know, this dog that means so much to me, I got to do right by her. And it was the right decision and you made the right decision and it doesn't always feel that way, but you know, yeah, was, I you appreciate know. that. It It was the right decision, but it's still, yeah, it's sad. It's a kick in the shit. It's a, yeah. It sucks. Got to feel uh, some feelings. I'm still really sorry about Dumpster. and know that's tough. Thank you. And I feel the same for old Brandy. Uh, so here's to him. Here's and to him. Yeah. What a fun way to start this exciting podcast. <laughs> well, it's going to get more fun and more interesting from here. That I can guarantee. I can't wait. Yeah. So, uh... I'm going to tell you, and I've alluded to this story before. I think I've mentioned it a couple times in previous episodes, but we're going to get into it. Uh, I'm going to talk about the accidental threesome I had. Whoa. Yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah. So this, I've had three threesomes. Count them. Um, This was the first one. The first one. The first one. And it was completely by accident. wasn't planning on the night going this way um so this was pretty recent actually it was within the last oh i think it was within the last year so i've had three threesomes uh Mm -hmm. this was the first one uh was not planning on it to go this way and it started with my husband was on a date with a lady um who he is no longer seeing and they dated for a very short amount of time okay but he was on a date with her now this is your husband at the time on a date 
in your polyamorous relationship. Yes, he's still my husband, yeah. by the way. Yes. <laughs> so still married to Jar. That's going well. Um, and this and was I'm like, happy to hear that. Yes. Uh, he was, this is the first person that he had, uh, first, second? I don't remember. This is a person that he had um, met early on in our polyamory uh, journey together. And I think this might have been their first or second date. I don't remember. But he went on this date. And while he was out with her, I had my best friend over at our house. She was in town visiting. um, And she was just hanging out with me. We're, I don't even know what we were doing. We might have been drinking. We were probably listening to music. Having some wine. Having some wine. Talking about boys. You know, Talking girl talk. That kind of shit. About boys. Yeah. I'm Uh, with you. And she's also polyamorous. She actually was the one who turned me on to the idea. Um, And she has been in the lifestyle for quite a bit longer than I have been. And I've learned a lot from her. Uh, I always tell her, I'm like, you should have this podcast. Let's (laughs) get her on. I need to get her on and keep talking to her about coming on the show. So maybe one day. I Um, can't wait. Yeah. So she and I were hanging out. Jar comes home from his date. We're just sort of um, debriefing on how the date went. Uh, He was you know, he had a good time. Nothing like really physical happened with the, with her. And we're sort of just chatting. And I was having feelings about things. Like I, part of the reason why my friend had come over to, to my house was I was having just a shitty day. Mm-hmm. I like wasn't doing very well mentally. I um, was just in my feelings about everything i was kind of if i was kind of in a rocky relationship with this guy jar was on this date i was feeling like kind of shitty in general so she came over i also hadn't slept for two days because i work nights and don't sleep very well during the day and i was just super exhausted as well jar comes home my friend's over the three of us are chatting around the the uh the dining room table and I'm just feeling really mopey and sad. And I just look at the two of them and I'm like, I need a cuddle puddle. Like, I just need. <laughs> so if you subscribe to the whole like um, love languages thing. Yep, I do. I do. Good book. A little more about Jesus than I would prefer. Yeah, in it's my definitely relationship a, book. It's definitely a Christian thing for sure. But But I can tell you that my understanding of my marriage and my relationship got much better after reading that book and i would recommend anybody who wants to be in a reasonable relationship read it because it really helps you like understand where your partner is coming from and kind of where you're coming from um it it changed the way that i imagine the golden rule works yeah i always thought the golden rule was uh treat others the way that i want to be treated but i think after reading that, I understand it more of try to understand people's needs the way I want my needs understood. Yeah, that's an. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's an excellent explanation. And sorry to cut you off there, it. but no, I, 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 I'm a believer in that book. It's done. It's done a good job for me. Good, and and I think it's done a good job for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a cat that is trying to get my attention right now. 
Um, <laughs> we'll give so that you, cat so a if pet you hear, or a cuddle. So if you hear purring in the background, that's what that's about. Um, hello, Meatball. How are you doing? <laughs> um, so anyway, about the love languages thing, mine is physical touch. That yeah. is how I kind of reset in a lot of ways. Like if I'm having a bad day, I need a hug. I need some cuddles, something. If I don't get that, I start to feel like my energy, my life force is being drained from me. Yeah. And in that moment, that's what I needed. I needed physical contact. And um, I was like, okay, I need a cuddle puddle. Let's go in the bedroom. And that's all it was supposed to be. The intention was to have the two people who I love most and trust most in my life just hold me. That's all I needed. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, right? Totally in, reasonable. In, in, in real PG at the most. Real PG at the most. So um, what's not PG is this cat who's starting to bite me <laughs> anyway. Um, that ain't PG at all. Seriously, Meatball, what are you doing? <laughs> There's a rule in this house, though, that if Meatball comes to uh, pet me, if she wants attention, I have to give her attention. It's like a house rule. So, and I follow the rules. Um, so there's one thing I know about you in the scene. Rule <laughs> follower. I'm going to add that to the, uh, to the intro. And I think you unplugged your mic. <laughs> to our terrible listeners, you should see Nassim scrambling to get her microphone plugged back in. It's pretty hilarious. I can't hear you at all. Now she's trying to talk to me through a video screen. Nope. Oh my goodness. What a fucking mess. This podcast. What are you doing still listening to this? You got all kinds of choices. What what the hell happened over there? <laughs> well, uh, aforementioned cat got up in my business and disconnected my cords. <laughs> so, uh, this will be an interesting editing nightmare for you. Anyway. <laughs> well, um, solid recovery. Sol- solid recovery? Anyway. <laughs> so where were we? Where was I? Oh, right. I was cuddling with the two people I trust most in the world. And we're in bed. I'm in the middle. It's me. In the middle, Jar is to my right, and my best friend is to my left. Now, let me ask you a little more about uh, your relationship with your best friend. Have you yes. Have you guys made out before? Have you done more than hold hands? Have oh, you God, experimented? no. No. All right. I've known this woman since I was 14. We used to be, uh, we met in high school. We were doubles partners in Ooh, tennis. Nice. Um. That's how we met, and you guys have we... the tennis skirts. <laughs> Don't make it weird, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did have the tennis skirts, nice, um, and the tennis dresses and things, and we uh, we met that way and just bonded over music and boys. And we used to tell like <laughs> I've never told anyone this before. <laughs> We would like have sleepovers, uh, usually at her house. I think only at her house. And uh, we would like play this game where one person would start telling like a raunchy story, like make believe story about like our fantasy. And then we would like pass the torch to the next person. And then the other person had to continue the story. 
and would like go back and forth that way. It was like the storytelling game that was like usually involved like sex and boys. <laughs> but anyway, I think when we have her on the podcast, you guys are playing that game. <laughs> okay. Oh, she'll kill me when she finds out that I told her you guys this. So anyway. So we've been friends this entire time, like best friends for 20 years, which is why I say I, she's one of the people I trust the most. Sure. Um, I probably trust her more than my husband, honestly. <laughs> so um, we are in bed and I don't quite remember how things started. I think it was Jar. I honestly think it was my husband. Oh, Jar. Oh, what a smooth operator. He got a little handsy. And at first, he got a little handsy with me, right? He's on my right. He There's a hand coming over. He's like stroking my leg, all loving and supportive as I'm talking about my issues. And the next thing I know, it's like his hands kind of like creeping up towards my boob. And then, I'm feeling another hand kind of on the other side of me, but it's not his hand and it's not my hand. It's her hand. And she, uh, so yeah, so she starts touching me. He starts touching me. They start touching each other. Like he starts like his hand starts slipping under her shirt and he starts feeling her up. And I just like, are we doing this? This is happening. And things are starting to get a little hot and a little heavy. And yeah. I, st- I stop us. And I do a timeout. Timeout. And I say, Jar, do you consent to this? Because consent is very important in our world. It certainly is. And Jar says, yes, I consent to this. And I ask my friend, I said, do you consent to this? And she's like, yes, I consent to this. And she asked me, she's like, Nassim, do you consent to this? And I say, yes, I consent to this. So then we're like, okay, proceed. (laughs) Now, let me stop you there again. To all our terrible listeners, especially the young ones that you stop and you think, well, I don't want to make a thing awkward because we've got to ask for a thing. Can I just go in and grab somebody's face and kiss them? The answer is no. And it's hot as hell to hear somebody say, yes, I consent. Now let's make out. Yeah, it was so super hot. And don't it was also- worry about getting awkward or ruining a moment, because when you get that consent, the moment is on, and it's awesome. It is awesome. Continue. And especially because it means that, oh, some fun is about to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I say it was an accidental threesome, but it wasn't, because at that point, it became intentional. Right. I'd say I'd say more impromptu than accidental. Yes, exactly. Let's let's say that. It was an impromptu threesome. So my friend and I, over the course of our 20-year friendship, we've talked a lot about sex. And we go into very explicit detail about things that we've done, things that have happened to us. Very graphic. And I've always you know, heard these stories about the things that she's done. And so now I was getting like a front row seat to all of the things I've heard about in the past. And there was a part of me that was feeling like, oh man, she's like way more experienced than me. 
she's going to be really good at this. <laughs> and I am, I, I was feeling a little insecure, not going to lie. I was a little insecure, but again, trust this woman with my life. Yeah. Okay. And I trust my husband and I know that they would never do anything to make me uncomfortable, which I think is super important when you're in a kind of dynamic like this is that there has to, I mean, it's not always the case, but for me, I needed that sense of um, trust. I needed to know that I wasn't going to feel like an outsider. Um, so we are, there's a lot of fondling. Um, my shirt comes off. Jar's naked at this point. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my friend and I decide that we are going to take turns blowing my husband. Hey, you've never done this. This is this is threesome number one for this is This is threesome number one for Nassim. The only How threesome about the I've... jar? I think it was also his first one. Okay. Um, all the threesomes that we've had since were with another man. This has been my, this is my only threesome I've had with another woman. Really? So, yes. So. Can I, can I? Please. I gotta get personal. I gotta get personal. This is a personal show. I'm talking about. I I know, but I need specifics right now. Uh Uh-huh. About your other threesomes. Okay. They were with the same guy. Were there high fives? Yes. Perfect. That's all I wanted to know. That's <laughs> any the- fantasy I've ever had that had anything to do with that was real broy and a lot of high fives. There was def- there were definitely high fives. Anyway. Awesome. So, so um I back to my friend. <laughs> so um yeah, so we decide that we're going to Oh, we didn't even decide. It just sort of happened. I am going down on jar. And after a little bit, my friend like taps me on the shoulder and we basically like tag each other out. It was like yeah. pro wrestling. We're like tap each other out and then I'm on top. I'm going down on him. Then she's going down. And it was just like <sighs> It was really hot, but also really funny. <laughs> and then I love point, that they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> no, and then at the, and then at one point, like we both go down them on the same time. So like he called it corn cobbing. All right, all right. So like you know, his dick's in the middle, her mouth is on one side of it, mine's on the other. That makes sense. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I bet it was. Uh, um. And at one t- this point, this I will remember for the rest of my life. Okay? Okay. I'm going down on him. He's got his hands up her, right? And she's having a great time. Because, again, he's good with his hands. And I told her this. But I don't know if she really believed me. Like, didn't know how good it was. And I just remember she is like, now, mind you. Yes, she's my best friend of 20 years, but I've never, like, seen her fully naked. Like, that was, like, an int- level of intimacy that, like, we had not had before this moment. Sure. 
So she's like, like her pelvis is like right next to me, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, this bitch is going to squirt in my hair. (laughs) (laughs) And did she? No. (laughs) Uh. I mean, I say that with disappointment, but I'm glad she didn't because that would have just like brought another level to the to things that I just like wasn't ready for. At the Listen, time. one of my favorite aunts of all time once told me never let the facts get in the way of a good story. Oh, sure. Nothing I say is factual. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is fake as hell. It's fake as hell. No, this this really happened. Um by the way, I did get permission from both of these parties to tell the story. Good. For the record. For the record. Um so and I never asked. I assume I assume Jar's cool with us using his name. Yeah, he is. Okay, good. Yeah, no. Thanks, Jar. Thanks, Jar. You're 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 a pal. I mean um, we're several episodes in by now. I assume he's heard <laughs> one or two. Uh he will think, not li- uh, he will not listen to the show unless I tell him like this is an episode you should listen to. Okay. Because he doesn't he told me that he does not want me to feel weird. And feel like I need to censor myself on his behalf. He wants me to be as truthful and as open as possible. So if I feel weird about sharing anything because I think he's listening, he doesn't want that to happen. So he just doesn't listen. Man, until, that and, jar and, sure and, seems like a delight. He's a hell of a guy. I look forward to meeting him sometime. He's a hell of a guy. Awkward as shit, but a hell of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my favorite people are awkward as shit. Yeah, he's great. I think you two would get along really well. Um, so he, yeah, so and everything ends. Jar finishes. I think I did too. She My almost friend, did right in your hair. Yeah, she's just along for the ride. Um and then um and then we just like crash in the bed. Now I'll remind you. I was exhausted. I was exhausted because, again, hadn't slept in like two days because of work. I was having a really crappy day overall. This happened. And then the drop set in, which, and I don't know if you're familiar with drop at all. It's a term that's often used in the kink and BDSM community. Um, Regarding the uh, when you have like a heightened experience mm-hmm. and the experience ends, uh, those endorphins and the adrenaline, and everything like leaves your body. So you go from a really high high to baseline, but baseline feels like the lowest of low. We call that drop. Got it. And drop started to set in for me. Even though it wasn't like a kink or BDSM experience, like you can still still, plenty of endorphins going. Yeah, and you can still have drop from any kind of situation. You can have drop from like coming back from vacation. You know, you had this like great time, and then you come back. Yeah, exactly. That's like a form of drop. So I start to drop, and I'm already tired. I'm already feeling. I was already feeling like shit earlier in the day, and. I start to have these feelings of, um, I become hypercritical 
I become super aware of my body. I start comparing myself to my friend, which is stupid. Um, and I start crying. Not out of sadness, but just out of, I think it was just like all that emotional yeah, stuff happening. I had a lot of feelings going on. And then this thing happened that I wasn't expecting, but I did consent to. And I consented the entire way through and I was happy it happened. But in that moment, I was just, I was just spent. And I just started crying. And then the two of them were really lovely. And they just held me and told me that I was doing great. And I was a great person and did all the things to take care of me in my emotional state at that time. You got the cuddle puddle. I got my cuddle puddle. And then I fucking passed out. I fell asleep and like probably was snoring um for at least an hour i don't know how long i was out um and it was a good experience and i'm really glad that if i was for my first threesome it was with those two people um, nice and now my best friend and my husband they talk all the time <laughs> like, they like and it's one of those things where sometimes she'll be like, how would you feel if like I dated Jar? <laughs> and I'd be like, whatever, fine. Actually, one thing that did happen, which I thought was really an interesting moment during the threesome, was my friend asked me, she's like, Nassim, can I kiss your husband on the mouth? And I said, no, you may not. Yeah, and put her in her place. Later jar told me that that was super fucking hot that i set a boundary and was assertive about something that i wanted and didn't want and he was like i'm so glad that you didn't let her not that it was like a problem if you said yes but just the fact that you stood up and you like said exactly what you wanted and didn't want and you set that boundary he's like that was so hot and i'm like cool (laughs) awesome awesome yeah it was a fun one that sounds like a wonderful experience, totally, totally, totally outside the boundaries of what this show's supposed to be about. Oh, terrible sex? Well, yeah, was, come on, come I on. Know. We we got a thing that we're trying to do here. <laughs> but it's outside of the realm of a lot of people's sexuality, right? It certainly is. No, a I think lot, that was a great story. I loved it. I, loved I think it. a lot of people would be uncomfortable with the idea of their husband and their best friend having any kind of intimacy. No. Do you consider yourself bi? I never asked. I am Are not you bisexual. The okay. I can appreciate the female form. I can appreciate the non-bi- non-binary form. Um, it's, I'm not, I can find a person attractive and not be attracted to them. Sure. Um, I have dated a woman in the past when when I was in college, there was a woman who I was very attracted to and had romantic feelings for. And like, we went on dates and we fooled around a little bit, like waist up, but I could not see myself. I don't see myself interacting with a vagina, frankly, other than my own. So, um, Fair enough. but that's just, that's just me. Uh, but like, my friend, I didn't go like that was a kind of an unspoken understanding that the two of us had was that we were not going to go near each other's 
like we were not going to touch each other down there. Sure. Like tits are one thing, but like not really into the veg myself. She's bisexual. I am not, but yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that update. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Little peek through the window into the workings of Nassim. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is probably the most graphic of episode we've had. So, so far. So far. Hopefully that's not a problem for anybody. Man, this one's going to go through the roof with the downloads. I bet we get six, seven, (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Especially because most of the people who listen to this are people I know. (laughs) Going back to what you are saying earlier about, like, this being a terrible sex podcast, like, it was also kind of, it's not just about terrible sex, it's about goofy sex. It's about things that are unexpected. And this was an unexpected event. Um, awesome. And I love, man, there was there were tears in this. There was laughter in this. There was high fives in this, even though that was kind of off the, 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 to the side. But um, it was not, I mean, this was not what porn looks like, you guys. This is, this is a real life threesome. Yes. And it was. This is the I, real deal. Nothing like porn at all. Uh, what was really funny, and this is actually probably my favorite part of this whole thing. <laughs> so when we were just cuddling, when things were still PG with yeah. our clothes on, we took a selfie, the three of us, as like a "Hey, look, we're all together." We took a we took a selfie. Then we took one after the fact, and the look on Jar, like his facial expression before. <laughs> And after, it is so funny to compare the two. It cracks me up. Because before, he's just like, hey, whatever, I'm a dude. And then afterwards, he looks like he's riding cloud nine. It is so funny. It's my favorite picture. That is Uh, amazing. He also said later, he's like, this was the best day ever. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. He went on a mediocre date and then came home to a hot-ass threesome. (laughs) proud of you jar proud of you (laughs) me too so yeah that's that was my first threesome thank you i liked it i liked it thank you man shall we hit the mailbag let's hit the mailbag hey nasim what is the difference between polyamory and an open relationship is poly where you both date the same person polygamy versus monogamy an open relationship mean you each date other people separate from each other? Or do I have them wrong? I'm genuinely curious. Also, really enjoying the wide range of topics so far. Smiley face, smiley face. Um, this is a good question. It's one that I get asked a lot. Um, actually, it's funny. My current partner here in Chicago just asked me this question the other day. And I said, listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find out. <laughs> um, Good answer. So this is a very common question. Polyamory is a type of open relationship, but not all open relationships involve polyamory. So an open relationship could look like you and your partner date other people separately. It could mean that you invite a third person periodically to join you. It could mean that you date together. Um, It could mean that it's just sex. It could mean that it's 
sex plus romance. It could mean any kind of open the door policy, open door policy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Polyamory is within that. And there are different types of polyamory as well. So polyamory can look like what my husband and I do where we are looking for other relationships outside of our own. So I seek out people who, yes, is it sexual in nature? Sure. But that's not all it is. Um, I Because I personally believe that their love is not a finite resource. And so I feel like I have enough love to give multiple people. And that is what I am, my husband and I are looking for because we don't believe that one person can fulfill all of your needs and nor should they, because that's a lot of fucking pressure on one person. Um, that's just what we believe. Sure. And um, some people, will have um, a third or more partner. Um, So let's say, for example, um, my husband and I, we were both dating you, Dan. So you were his boyfriend. Yeah, you were his boyfriend and you're also my boyfriend. Um, We, the three of us date each other. I haven't been anybody's boyfriend in a long time. That's really nice. (laughs) Um, it could be where, uh, polyamory could be where I am dating somebody who also has multiple boyfriends and girlfriends. Uh, and I mean, there's like lots of ways of doing it. There's mono plus poly, um, which is a relationship that I'm currently in. Um, so I am polyamorous with my husband my husband's polyamorous um or a person who you know only dates one person they don't date anybody else except for their partner but their partner might be polyamorous and date multiple people that's that happens as well there's there's so many different categories um there's no right or wrong way to do polyamory as long as everyone is uh respectful of everyone else's needs um, and communicates. Some people are what we call um, relationship anarchists. Whoa. Yeah, which is that one is hard for me to wrap my head around. I've been learning a lot more about it recently, but it's kind of this idea that no relationship you have is more important than the other. So your relationship with your husband. That doesn't sound like anarchy to me. So <laughs> your relationship with your husband, with your boyfriend, with your friend, with your family, nobody has, there's no hierarchy. There's no, imp- there's no relationship that's more important in your life than another. Hmm. Yeah. That one. That one's not for me. That one's a new one for me to wrap my head around. I have to do a little bit more reading about it, but that is, um, that is a, another type of relationship dynamic as well. I feel like if you're going to put the word anarchy in your polyamorous relationship, you've got to be at least like Dungeons and Dragons reference. You got to be like at least chaotic neutral. I mean, you kind of are in a way. Well, not enough (laughs) from your description. Or true neutral. No. 
no. chaos has got to be in there somewhere. Eh, well, that's that's just listen. me. And listen, it's my own polyamorous anarchy relationship. All that matters is what my relationship in honesty is with the people that I surround myself with in my own anarchistic polyamorous relationship. Look, no one can define the relationship except for the people within it. Or I the have, dungeon master, if you're or the dungeon master, or the dungeon dragon. Is that our next pos- Is that our <laughs> next podcast? What's super funny is that there's this joke in the polyamorous community that the reason why people are polyamorous is so that they can have people to join their game. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like every poly person I know, with the exception of my best friend, plays Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome, nerds. <laughs> Welcome, kinky. Pe- there, like the Venn diagram between kinksters. And D&D players is a circle. <laughs> I am imagining the dudes that I last played Dungeons and Dragons with, and that fills my heart with delight. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Oh, man, I miss playing D&D. It's been a really long time. My husband's a, D- a DM, so Ooh. with some friends back home, and I, I'm kind of sad I can't be in their games. But anyway. Well, we should definitely play a game together sometime. I would, we should. I would love to do that. It would be a lot of fun. Next question. Next question. Hi, Nassim. I'm a dude. I was wondering if I can use saliva to masturbate. I can't really buy lubrication or anything, so can I use saliva instead? I mean, you can. It dries out pretty quickly. You have to slobber a lot. You've got to slobber a lot. There's... There are other options. Like... There, why can't they get lube because of the cost? I uh, it doesn't say. I'm guessing between cost and uh, access because I'm pretty sure this dude lives with his parents. There are other things you can use other than saliva because saliva is not going to be very effective, um, not for any amount of time. Like, um, there are other household items that you can use that are probably going to last a little bit longer dan i'm you might be a better person to uh chime in on this like well i'm just imagining listen like everybody can find some like petroleum jelly yeah like petroleum jelly mayonnaise i don't know no 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 (laughs) stay away from the mayonnaise especially on a hot day that's going to just create a mess, but like find some vegetable oil or something. If you, yeah. need to, if you like want coconut to. oil, uh, but makes great lube. I will sure. say that I've, I've used coconut oil as lube before. All it of that sounds fantastic. Fine. What I'm really interested in is trying to figure out the continuous loop of saliva into a hand that we can get so that if you really want to use saliva, you can use it. It's weird. It's not going to last very long. And your mouth will dry out well before. Well, I feel like, man, maybe we can get some kind of weird sucker or something. You want to go sugar-free because you don't want sugar all over everything. But if you position yourself right and continuously drool out of your mouth while you're trying to do this, maybe <laughs> hunched over a little bit, like, that could probably work. So there are these mints. They're not really minty. They're called mints. Um, I found one at a dispensary here, and it's meant for... They're mints that are meant to um, help against dry mouth, like when you're vaping or you're smoking. (laughs) And 
You're afraid of your mom catching you with a bottle of lube, but <laughs> you're cool with her catching him with a, the custom-ordered special mints that are clearly made for vapors. It doesn't say it. It just says they're they're called flint mints, I think. Yeah, she's going to think you're smoking pot all the time if she catches you with those, man. Listen, if you want to spit in your hand, you do it. and It just won't be it, very good. It's it's going to be fine. It's People have been using that for hundreds of thousands of years and if it feels good do it you're not going to hurt yourself you're not just don't rub yourself raw no you can actually suck on a lifesaver that'll any kind of hard candy will produce will produce saliva (laughs) it'll produce saliva but it'll be sticky don't don't do that then just wash off afterwards sure i mean the whole thing is gross and that's okay (laughs) you be you no nobody's nobody's judging you I just, just, use, I just use some coconut oil. That's my uh, suggestion. Yeah, coconut sure. oil. Yep. That'll work. Find some coconut oil. Your sister's probably got it in some suntan lotion or something. Hi, Nassim. I'm overthinking a bit here, but just started hooking up with this guy who I'm really into. We've met up twice now, and the day after our second date, I decided to try sexting him. Talked about what I want to do to him, and he responded firstly with, um, and then, yummy. What the fuck does this mean? I can't even tell if this is positive or negative. Sexing is such a weird game. <laughs> um, um, yummy. This is a person with no imagination. <laughs> right. Um, either they're uncomfortable and you should probably address that. Be like, hey, man. Are you okay with this? Are you not into the sexting thing? That's cool. We don't have to do that. Um, and kind of go from there. It, you know, they might just not be into sexting. Like, it's not for everybody. Um, it takes a certain level of imagination. You kind of have to be in the mood for it. And maybe he was in a wrong time and place. He could have been like visiting his grandmother for all you know, like th- maybe not an appropriate place for him to be responding in kind. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Sexting is, can either be really awesome or it can be really boring and kind of stupid. Like anytime I've ever been sexting, I mean, I've done it. But, like, anytime I've actually been sexting somebody, I was not doing anything sexy. I was, like, in my pajamas, eating a pint of ice cream, watching Netflix, and just, like, on my phone. (laughs) Sounds hot to me. And I think that's, like, 90% of people who sex, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, find out if he was actually even into it, or if he's comfortable doing it. It may not be his thing um or don't look at him as like a positive or negative it's just he might be afraid to like say what he wants to say maybe he's true true he may of, think of that what he... you're gonna think of his perverted mind when he starts getting his thumbs rolling sure because he may think that what he's gonna say is gonna be too over the top for you so or he's afraid he's not gonna be any good at it you know uh sexting somebody who I think it's harder to sext people who you've never met or actually had sex with. 
because there's no real world experience. You don't know their body. You've not been with them. It's all at this point, it's all fantasy. It's basically like you're writing a smut novel. Right. Whereas if it's a person that you've actually been with and have some sort of relationship already, like you can build off of that when you sex them. Yeah. And really your first advice was, I think on point, ask the dude, you into this? I'm into this. If you want to, if not, it's fine. Yeah. That's number one. Have a communication. Have a conversation. Isn't that the answer to everything? Man, I don't know why the fuck we answer all these questions, like read them (laughs) out and stuff. Go talk to somebody. They are. They're talking to us. Right. (laughs) They're talking to us. Nassim doesn't know. I'm not your partner, unless I am. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that should go on some fucking promo coffee mugs. I'm not, your partner. The scene. I'm not your partner unless I am. <laughs> hey, Nassim, am I a pervert for wanting to ask my girlfriend to have a threesome with a trans woman? I feel like I kind of would be the best of both worlds for both of us. Or am I overly fetishizing trans women? I don't know what to do. Listen, we're all perverts here. It's fine. It's a good thing that you ask yourself if you're fetishizing trans women. I like that like, too. Like, it's good that you're thinking about that because why do you want to have sex with a trans woman? Is it the novelty? Because if that's the case, that's kind of shitty because that's a human being with human feelings and thoughts and they're not just a vessel for your genitals. And there's some danger there in fetishizing any type of body, whether it's a trans person, whether it's a person of a different ethnicity, there is a body type. There's, there is some danger there because you're, you're not thinking of that person as a person. You're thinking them uh, of them as just a body, and that's kind of shitty, frankly. Um, but I don't think it makes you a. I mean, like I said, we're all perverts. <laughs> um, I would, I would recommend that you examine what it is that you are seeking and why i know i answer these questions with a lot of questions but i feel like a lot of introspection needs to happen like are you interested in a particular person and they just happen to be trans or are you just gonna go quote hunting for a person just because they're trans that first part is to me more reasonable and acceptable than the second option. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I see that as such a hard line like you do. And 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 maybe I need a redirection as well, and that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with fetishizing someone that wants to be fetishized. So if your concern is that you want to use someone's body, doesn't trans male, female, doesn't matter. However they identify, if you want to fetishize somebody, you have to recognize that it's a person that certainly has feelings. And if you call that out in your profile, we're looking for a unicorn. This is the unicorn we're looking for. We want a trans woman that's looking to be fetishized and worshipped for a single night. That's what we are looking for. If that's you, we'd love to talk. Sure. Is that okay? If you're upfront about it. Yes. I think if you're upfront about it, so all parties know what you're getting into, absolutely. But if you're going to like unicorn hunt um, without considering 
like the other person's desires as well. Yes. Or do a bait and switch. That is what I have a problem with. I, I totally agree. I totally you know agree. if you're if you're like posing it as oh I want to be in a relationship with you or oh then you're a, you, then you're a fuck then you're a shithead like don't do that if you put in your profile that this is what you're looking for that's one thing as a couple and also like I think it's healthier if all parties both members of the couple as well as the third regardless of their identity because this is also true. In, it's true like, of anyone. Like it's it's true of anybody. It it doesn't like, matter what the equipment looks like. It doesn't matter what the equipment is. As the same is true in any of these situations. Everybody's got to know what is happening up front and like what the expectations are up yep. front. Yep. As opposed to seeking somebody out, saying you're going to date them, and then it's like, oh well, you can only because you you know you see this a lot, unfortunately, where people will be like, okay, yeah. Uh, we want to date a bisexual woman to join our couple, but you, she can't date other men or it's like a one penis policy. I could do a whole fucking podcast just on that alone. <laughs> um, like on the, on the shitty things people do to quote unicorns and how third parties are often exploited and their autonomy a lot of times is taken away because of couples privilege, but I won't get into it. To answer the question, I think it's something that you should discuss with your partner and figure out if it's something you both want to do. And if it is, if you're going to seek somebody out, be upfront about what you're looking for. You may not get a lot of hits because of what you're looking for. If it is like to fetishize somebody, because a lot of people, yeah, sure, there are people who want that and that's like their thing. But there are a lot of people who don't and might take offense to it. Just understand that those are not your people for what you want to do. You just have to be, you have to be tactful about it. You have to be smart and you have to be open and honest about it with everybody. Hi, Nassim. How do I get invited to a sex party? Oh, that's, that's the question. That's it. Um, online communities is my answer. So a lot of times sex parties are it's like a if you know if you know these people um and you often have to like be vetted or at least you should be vetted right. um before joining like any kind of orgy or sex party or And if they're not vetting group. people you don't want to go to that sex party. Yeah, don't do that. Um I talk about fat life a lot. Fat life has its problems, but there are groups where, you know, people say that they are having a party, but generally they want to know who you are. There are lots of communities online, including FetLife, where you can meet people. That's what I would recommend. Meet people first with a similar interest as you, who you can talk about your interests, what kind of group play you're interested in, if it's a kink thing, things like that, and that people can get to know you first and you can get to know them because it's also like it's one thing to get invited to a sex party, but do you want to play at that sex party? Like based off of the people there. You kind of just have to make friends in the community first and then invitations can happen. You can put yourself out there in those groups and get invited that way. 
that's kind of, I think the best way is just finding like-minded individuals who are interested in the same things you're interested in, typically online, and get to know them as people first. I would avoid getting involved with random people who you just met because there's some danger there. You don't know if they're going to be using consent. You don't know if they're going to be using contraception or any other form of protection against STDs. Like there's a lot of predators and not the greatest people who go to these kind of events because they're they're looking for people who are new and are inexperienced. Especially if they're not vetting people. Especially if they're not vetting people. So and correct me if I'm wrong too. It's my understanding. Never been to a sex party because I have not gotten invited to one yet. Uh, neither but have I. Maybe, maybe this podcast will take off and we'll get all kinds of invites. Oh boy. <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're going to get a lot more invites if you're either a couple or a single woman. If you're a single dude looking for invites to sex parties, that's going to be pretty tough to come by. That is true. That's a lot harder to get invited. If you're a billionaire, you might be able to swing it. Yeah, you might be able to swing. You can buy your way in. It's unfortunate, but the truth is single men are not often deemed as trustworthy. Um, Yeah, I know, right? Single men, people kind of keep their eyes out for them. Predators are really unfortunately common in these kind of communities so um people are always on the lookout for somebody who's new and single and male unfortunately um to be a risk because if somebody already has a safe environment they don't want somebody who's going to come in and fuck that up and cause problems absolutely so it's really important if you are a single guy that it's it's important to just like make personal connections and show that you are a trustworthy individual. And then also for you to be able to vet them to say that these are trustworthy individuals, people that you would actually want to participate in these group parties with. And now I can't speak for like the LGBT community because if it's like, if it's a sex party that's like all male I don't know what the answer is other than like an online community. I don't know if like going to like a gay club is the answer. That's kind of outside of my realm of experience and understanding, but again, can be dangerous to interact with people you don't know um, at all. So uh, speaking as someone who has had sexual experiences with basically strangers, there's always a level of risk involved. So do your due diligence, meet people, and maybe one day you will get invited by people you can trust. Well, I don't think there's a better place we can leave it than that, Nassim. What a great show. It was a fun one. I like this one. I had a good time, even with the technical difficulties. All right. Well, we'll do it again next week. Thank you, Nassim. Thank you, Dan. Nassim wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. Terrible Sex with Nassim is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.